God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, today we're going to be talking a lot about immigration. Uh, Supreme Court yesterday passed uh, a, a law or ba- banning, restricting Ill- illegal migrants uh, from uh, getting a green card, uh, basically given being given amnesty. It was a nine nothing, uh, nine nothing uh, ruling, so nine to zero, which meant that there's going to be like really no path, no amnesty for four hundred thousand different, uh, four hundred thousand um, illegal migrants. So it's pretty good, pretty good there because. Uh, one of the things that's happening in our country is that we're, you know, opening the borders for a lot of reasons. And the reasons the reasons are to in- import slave labor markets. They did in Europe through the refugee crisis that was d- cultivated through, and I say cultivated, I mean to use that word, uh, through the globalists and the liberals like, uh, and and the and the rhinos like uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, working hand in glove with people like Joe Biden, John McCain, Barack Obama, and they they give one thing and they get one thing and they give another. Uh, that's how we got the JCPOA and the and the Iran nuclear deal. But you know when we went and just started bombing the crap out of uh, Syria and. Um, Destroying the infrastructure, the political infrastructure of Egypt, uh, by taking out Mubarak and installing Morsi, a Muslim Brotherhood guy, only for him to be replaced uh, through a military coup uh, through Al Sisi, and then Obama alliancing himself with Erdogan and basically attacking Al Sisi. Uh, supporting countries that attack Israel, like Iran, and 
going after Syria, knowing they full well that they can't touch Syria because Russia owns Syria. Russia controls Syria. Russia is the big brother to Syria. And so Syria is not going anywhere. And we knew it. But it was just a way to create a perpetual war, no matter how much bloodshed, uh, to uh, facilitate arms distribution paid for by oil wells out of Iraq. So it was just a nasty business that Lindsey Graham got rich off of. John McCain got rich off of. A lot of, pe- a lot of politicians, it all go- went back to them. The JCPOA, you know, you don't, you don't play around with uh, $150 billion and not think that someone's palm's getting greased. Not think that someone's palm is not getting greased. But then we were also building nation and destroying nations in, uh, for strategic purposes to facilitate these, these crimes uh, by setting up um, a mission, a weapons depot. Well, whose weapons? Probably Gaddafi's weapons in Benghazi. You know, we just basically murdered the guy after he was complying with some of the requirements that we we had within uh, proliferating nuclear weapons and creating nuclear weapons and doing nuclear weapons testing. And he was compliant. Now, we know that Gaddafi is a terrorist. We know he's a bad guy. But there aren't any good guys running these countries in the Middle East. And frankly, I don't think you can be a good guy and not wind up dead. You got to be like, you know, if you're going to fight with snakes, you got to play like a snake sometimes. If you're going to win, if you're going to get out of the snake pit, that's the way you're going to do it. You're going to fight like a snake to get yourself to safety or to win the battle, whatever it is. But if you're, you know, if it's if there if people are breaking all the rules, then they're breaking all the rules. And that's just all there is to it. I want you to take a listen to Donald Trump. We have actually a lot of clips today. We're going to be playing something from Tucker today. Uh, We're going to be playing something from Candace Owens today uh, to talk about migration. And it's kind of interesting because what they're talking about migration is something I've been talking about for five years. And it's a little frustrating (laughs) when you see somebody coming up with the same ideas that you had years ago, and they're getting rewarded for it, and I don't think I got so much a pat on the back. But I've been talking about it. People listen to this show for years. You'll know. You'll know that what I've been talking about is coming to true. It's coming to the, uh, it's, it's like froth on a beautiful cappuccino. Uh, so the time is right to be talking about it. And I commend T- Tucker Carlson uh, for being do, being so articulate with his thoughts, but in the closing of yesterday's show, before we get to the Trump uh, this Trump vignette, uh, I was talking about what the globalists are doing. They're they're opening the borders with immigration to rig elections, and they're also using COVID to rig elections. Right? There's no doubt about it that they were advancing the ball on legislation they could never pass before. 
And they were, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste, is what Rahm Emanuel said. He used to be the mayor of Chicago before that. He was the chief of staff of Barack Obama. The same president, we found out now, gain of function. That gain of function research ban was lifted at the end of the Obama term. I thought it was during the Trump term because it was in 2017. Turns out that it was in January, before Trump actually was sworn in, they were they lifted the ban. And it was Fauci's guys. His, so people were saying, he's not just stupid. No, he's a villain. <clears throat> Fauci's not dumb. He's a villain. And when he's been going around now with Jill, Dr. Jill, Biden, and they're talking to crowds, they're booing them. Yeah, the 81 million, eighty-one million. I always say dollar, 81 million people did not vote for these losers. People in America hate these anti-Americans, the Bidens, the crackheads, the corrupt crime family. That's all the Bidens are. It's just a bunch of swamp creatures who have been fleecing America for 50 years in power. And they've gotten so rich off of it. And everybody knows what's going on in the border. The number's going in the wrong direction. Of course we know that the borders are open. They lie to us every day. Mallorca, uh, the guy that's in charge of DHF, he's talking about, no, our border's secure. No, it's not secure. Look look at this video. It's not secure. Look at these people getting, being escorted off the boat. You know, they're not afraid to go up to... They go to our police officers for assistance. Almost like it's like Captain Stubing on the love boat. Did you have a nice journey? Yes. Now, welcome aboard. Welcome to America. Wait do you hear what Candace Owens has to say. It's exactly what I've been saying, again, for years. Talking about bringing them in and shipping them to battleground states I've been saying this for years. All of a sudden, it's become really big news. But I've been saying this for years, and, and the people that have listened to this show for a long time will, will know that. But that's okay. I mean, I, I, I love the fact that this, this is finally being talked about. I was beginning to think that maybe I'm crazy. You know, like over the weekend, I was talking to a Democrat. He barely even understood what I was saying. I said, is it any coincidence that um, Colonial Pipeline was targeted by hackers and that caused the oil shortage, that caused the oil prices to go up? I said, what happens when oil prices go up? Oil consumption goes down. Simple math, right? Simple economics. It's very basic. Then we got another hacker, another Russian hacker, right? Another Russian hacker. And all of a sudden, what happened there? The beef, you know, is eventually, it wasn't as bad as the oil, but we're having a beef shortage. And the reason why is not just that, not just the hacking, which are, are, um, Someone in the Biden administration was saying it's not going to go away anytime soon. 
which doesn't make me feel great. But in addition to that, China is buying up a record amount of beef. Now, to allow that to happen, you know, you have to have a trade person here. That might be great for the farmer, but that's not great for the American citizen. That's not great for American middle-class families that are on the margins with their budgets and have to go out and feed their family on uh, synthetic beef. It's sort of like propping up, um, you know, synthetic beef is always beyond beef. You've heard of that in the stores, beyond beef. Well, I should say, who's the largest um, farm owner in, uh, farmland owner in America? Who's, who's the biggest farmer, Joe, in America? Yeah, that'd be right. Bill Gates. You're right. I know most of you got that. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the largest farmland owner in America. What's he doing with that? Formaldehydes, making Roundup. Um, he's invested in that. It's poisonous stuff that they've actually put formaldehydes in vaccines. We can't call the COVID thing a vaccine because it doesn't actually have the real virus in it. So therefore, it's not a vaccine by definition. Just saying. A vaccine, like the flu shot, uh, the flu vaccine puts the flu in it. That's why after you take it, you feel like you got the flu. Well, there's no COVID in this vaccine that we're you know, supposed to be taking, right? So it's not really a vaccine, no. It doesn't pass the sm- smell test. They can't make you take it. And it's because it's not a true vaccine. But the guy pushing the vaccines, the guy pushing for abortions, the guy that donates to Planned Parenthood, the guy that uh, is pushing for uh, death panels, the guy that's doing all of this stuff, Bill Gates, that guy is also a big farmland owner, wouldn't you know it? And he's pushing synthetic beef. And he said in a Forbes magazine interview, I would like to see 100% uh, uh, beyond, um, synthetic beef consumption. So the same guy that wants to kill you with abortions, the same guy that wants to kill you with death panels, the same guy that wants to reduce the world's population using vaccines is the guy that actually wants you to eat 100% synthetic beef. Like I said all along, the people that are pushing the vaccines upon you are the same people that lied to you about COVID, the mask, about uh, air, uh, air, uh, asymptomatic spread, which was the biggest one. Asymptomatic spread, was a, they lied to you about hydroxychloroquine. Lancet, the magazine Lancet, lied about hydroxychloroquine. And now they're in charge of a study and a survey. And doesn't that make you thrilled? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So Lancet is in charge. Why are all these same people like Daziak, Danzak, that guy? Why is it that he is in charge of these investigations? Why is it that Fauci is in charge of the investigations? 
Even their data set numbers were all askew. They were hiring all these people. You know, it's absolutely crazy. I want to play this, uh, since we were talking about Bill Gates really quick before we move forward. Um, I want to play this Bill Gates clip. It's really, really good. You're going to love it. Come to Papa. Modified organisms, and we're in gene things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms, and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. But you don't have a choice. People act like you have a choice. Normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. And, and so uh, $10 billion over the next 10 years uh, to make it the year of the vaccines. W- what does that mean exactly? Well, over this decade, uh, we believe unbelievable progress can be made, both inventing new vaccines and making sure they get out to all the children who need them. Uh, we could cut the number of children who die every year from about 9 million to half of that uh, if we have success on it. And the, the benefits there in terms of reducing sickness, Reducing the population growth. Reducing the population growth. We've got population. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. The benefits there in terms of reducing sickness, reducing the population growth. It really allows the society a chance to take care of itself. And what does he get paid for that killing of people? 20% return on investment. He spends 10, $10 billion, he gets $200 billion. We played that CN, CNBC clip uh, a while back. And um, so it's, it's an incentive for him to actually be a killer. But he's no different than a terrorist because that's exactly what they did on the battlefield in the Middle East. They pay the terrorists skids of cash, uh, from skids of cash. So that's just the, that part. Now, I was saying to the guy, the, the liberal friend, and I was saying, um, you know, so they hack oil, they, they hack um, beef, and the prices go up. And with beef, they needed some help from China. So they allowed China to import, or we would export more to China. Beef prices are going up. And so is oil. And the shortages are real. We saw it just by one pipeline going down. The same administration shuts off the XL pipeline on day one of his administration. And also on day one, opened the borders. And this is where I'm getting with this show today is that there is uh, the the, the, uh, Democrat Party not only is a party of terrorists, they they support the Palestinians, for example, over Israel, peaceful Israel. They support Iran over other countries in the region. The one that hates America and Israel the most is the one that Obama and Biden and and all these crazy libtards support. And they give them money. They give these illegals money. 172 nations are being represented across the southern border. So long as you can make it into Mexico, you're fine. You're going to be safe. Safe house. And that's exactly what they kind of have. It's like a safe house. They come here. They get a safe house. They get a ticket. And then they get shipped to a battleground district. 
So they've become militant. They've supported acti- uh, 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 terrorist groups like Antifa. They supported. Uh, they support Black Lives Matter, and it kills me every time. You know when the embassy puts a flag up above uh, a Black Lives Matter flag above their building, or when uh, you have. Um, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., paint, you know, creating a Black Lives Matter plaza. And they've done that in many cities now. And when you go to blacklivesmatter.com, all your donations go to Act Blue, which Act Blue is a Democratic money slush fund. It gives money to candidates. But they're all Democrats. It's a Democrat money operation. It it's a hundred percent Democrat. Just like Win Red. Republicans have Win Red. The Democrats have Act Blue. And Act Blue handles all this money. And all these different groups, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, you know, the same groups that are call themselves Marxists or anarchists, the same groups that um in, are involved in cancel culture, tearing down statues, setting buildings on fire, attacking the police, supporting defunding the police, are the same groups that are donating to Act Blue, are the same groups that have been endorsed by the Democrat terrorist party. And now the Democrat party's plank isn't about it's about their policies, but their policies could never pass in Congress. So what they're doing is they're doing it by executive fiat through the stroke of a pen, and they would have never gotten that pen if they didn't rig the election. So you see the problem. Incidentally, AZ audit is going to be finished up. Last counting day is June 14th. So we'll see what happens. Georgia and Pennsylvania are both poised and ready to do the same thing, depending on the findings in Arizona. But they can't get that pen unless, unless they can't can they cannot get that pen unless they rig the election, and and even still they can't get their policies through Congress. And even still, because of Joe Manchin, in large part, and we talked about this yesterday, uh, you're not going to get a packed Senate. You're not going to get a packed court. You're not going to get that cockamamie uh, Nancy Pelosi H.R. 1 voting uh, People's Act voting bill that allows for mail-in voting uh, any day of the week or year. (laughs) It's crazy. So... That's what's going on. So we want to play this um, clip uh, from Donald Trump. I thought it was a pretty powerful clip, actually. Um, And this was from the prayer, uh, National Prayer Day, February 2020, when our president was still in charge. As everybody knows, my family, our great country, and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. 
They have done everything possible to destroy us and by so doing very badly hurt our nation. They know what they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. Weeks ago and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders had the wisdom, fortitude and strength to do what everyone knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that that's not so. So many people have been hurt. We can't let that go on. Oh, well, I just had, was talking into a silent mic there for a second. Um, so that was a pretty good clip, right? Um, sorry about the, the empty space. I was talking. <laughs> I was working, uh, but I was talking into an empty mic, so I'm going to say what I said again. Pretty powerful clip. That was from February 6, 2020. It was a National Prayer Day, uh, 2020. And President Trump always knew what was going on. And a lot of people say, well, why do you lose? And it's sort of like you look at it and you see an army coming. You see a freight train coming. You see a battle coming. And you know you can't win that battle. Just like if you're walking down the street and you see a bunch of gang members. And you're walking down and you're by yourself or with a friend. And there's seven of them. And they look like gangbangers of some sort. And you're like, that looks like trouble. You might want to go ahead and take a detour, right? Because walking through that group could very well mean the, the end of your life. And uh, you just have to try to avoid the landmines whenever you can. But if you see that coming and there's no exit signs and there's no default, you got to hope for the best. And you got to um, or fight the fight and fight to your da- darndest. But... The point is, is that sometimes you see a fight coming and you know you're going to get your butt kicked. You know it, you know. I was a wrestler and I think there was a couple of times when I knew it was an uphill battle for me and I'd walk out on the mat knowing, you know, good chance I'm not going to win. And uh, But you do it anyway, right? And you fight your fight. The point is, is is that Trump didn't have the support network that he needed, and he knew it. It's not like he didn't know it. He knew it. He didn't have the media. He didn't have the news media. He didn't have the print media. He had AGs in New York and uh, going after him. He had an AG in his cabinet that wasn't doing, you know, they're all lying. 
You know, they're all acting like they're going to do do right by the country, and they're not. And sometimes what their idea of be doing right by the country is, is turning a blind eye. The country's not ready for this kind of mess. No, we're ready for the mess. We're ready for the truth. Don't give me this business. We are totally ready for that truth. And, you know, we need the truth. You know, there's a uh, woman that uh, I, I thought was just absolutely amazing. Um, it's probably too long. It's basically about critical race theory, and it gets into a different subject. I, I don't think we're going to have time to get into it today. But I I listened to it yesterday, and she's fighting back against critical race theory and the indoctrination of her kids. And she's like, you all know what you're doing, you sneaky little, you know, whatevers. Um, but, you know, you wonder why it is that they're doing this up and down the food chain. And it's because, you know, I heard a uh, CNN, uh, I, was in a, I was in the dentist's office yesterday. And, man, I'll tell you, it was a rough dental, dental outing for me yesterday after the show but uh i'm okay now but I was, they had cnn on in front of the chair and you could hear a little bit of it but you you could read the closed caption and she was talking about trump supporters being the same as the jonestown uh zombies and and we're all weird and i was thinking to myself man 75 million people plus are weird how could you make that statement and be on CNN? Well, of course, CNN's tanking, right? I mean, they've lost 45% more recently. Uh, they're, 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 uh, how they're paying their bills is beyond me. But they're being supported and subsidized probably by China. But, yeah, I got to tell you, man, it's like incredible. You know, what they're saying. You know, they, they blew a gasket when Trump gave his great speech. Because uh, they're so afraid of Trump. Remember back in the beginning when they used to tell you, um, you know, Trump. Trump's a joke. Trump will never be. They were worried about Trump. They were worried. They were. There's no doubt about it. But I want to switch over over to uh, immigration, and you know, there's been a, lo- a lot of things going on with that. Um, because we've we've gotten that SCOTUS decision, which was big. I thought that was really big. Um, Supreme Court rules illegal immigrants in U.S. can't get green cards via temporary protected status. That that was the uh, ruling. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to be um, also trying to read off to you some state. Uh, bills uh, that we're going to be reading from. But first, we're going to listen to Candace Owens. Uh, So we're going to take a listen to this particular interview with Tucker. It's about three and a half minutes. Here we go. American guilt that helped the countries from which these immigrants were coming. Now I think El Salvador and Guatemala don't benefit from this. The U.S. certainly doesn't benefit from it. So who is the beneficiary here exactly? 
Yeah, absolutely. The politicians that want to get them in so that they can yeah. change the demographics and get votes. And actually, you brought up something that's very important. I actually interviewed about a month and a half ago an illegal immigrant uh, actually on a path to citizenship now thanks to marriage. Uh, and they were very honest with me and they said that during this journey, and they particularly came from Guatemala, that it was more harrowing to go through Mexico because the Mexico police kept trying to stop right. the, the flow of illegal immigration. And once you get to America, it's essentially a finish line uh, because it's so organized and it's so systemic. So even though this individual entered in through California, uh, and as soon as you get into America, an SUV is waiting. She told me it took her to a, a location, a house, basically a safe house, and then a bunch of Americans come and transport the illegal immigrants to various states. So I just want to say this. She entered in through California, and then 150 of them were broken up into three states. Those three states were Texas, Tennessee, and Virginia. She went to Virginia, and her friends went to, to, Texas, her friends went to Texas and to Tennessee. That's a fascinating, crucial piece of this. Now, she entered this country yes. 10 years ago, right? Uh, since then, Virginia has gone blue. Uh, we know that the Biden administration is having planes enter in Chattanooga. This made the news a couple of weeks ago, filled with illegal immigrants in the middle of the night. What's really going on here? This didn't just begin when Biden and Kamala got into office. This has been going on for a very That's long right. time, I believe, a very long time. And when Trump got into office and started talking about stopping the flow, they, they really got upset and they got very angry because there has been something that has been going on in terms of trafficking over the border to change demographics of this country for a long time. It is not a conspiracy theory. It is the truth. And I am so nope. happy that you're talking about it, because at the end of the day, we know that Kamala Harris are not they're not concerned about fixing the crisis they're concerned about accelerating a plan a plan that went into motion a very long time ago and Americans need to wake up into it because you are correct it is an invasion and there's nothing truer than what you just said and it has its roots in political calculations nothing to do with human rights or racial diversity or ending sexism or any of that so that's all a diversion this is about changing the political balance of the country it's been going on a long time and they get hysterical because it's absolutely true. And in their lucid moments, they brag about it. I mean, they don't hide this, do they? No, they don't. And you're right. They get hysterical because they don't want people to listen to what we're talking about. You know, I'm a black American. I'm not sitting here trying to have this discussion because I don't want more brown people in this country. I, I don't care about brown people coming in this country. In fact, Tucker, if you want more brown people in this country, why don't we get more legal immigrants from Africa? I think they represent about only 2% of the immigrants that are coming into this country. This is not right. about brown people or a fear of having brown people. This is about we not wanting our system to be crippled by illegal immigration when we know that at the end of it, all they want to do is to get a ton of them in here and then to say make an application and a, and a case that for all of them to receive green cards which is what we saw this week in the supreme court which i'm glad that they shot down that effort to try to legalize 400,000 illegal immigrants that are in this country right now and and this is what's actually happening the democrats are after changing demographics so that they can guarantee themselves power because their policies no longer work and inner cities are being corrupted and what again what is so particularly interesting to me is that they're being taken into what is normally a conservative zone, a conservative state. That is interesting yes, to me. That's exactly right. So I think that uh, one of the things is if we can't stop this, people are asking, okay, that's fine. I want a solution. So if we can't stop this, what do we do? Well, I think that the answer is if you can't stop them, win them over. So it's 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 not a desired it's not like a desired thing to do because it's it's not it's a banana republic number 1 it's illegal it's 
anarchy. It's chaos. It's unfair. It's everything I could just, you know, every poor adjective I could give it. I can't speak poor, you know, I can't speak enough against it. I oppose it in every way. How anybody can support illegal migration into our country is absolutely insane and absurd. And Tucker points out a lot of really interesting points that I'm going to play for you um, in this next clip. It's really, really good. But let me just say that I think at some point our politicians need to sit down and find these groups and try to speak to them and tell them that you came to America for your America dream, your American dream. You came here for that. Actually, what it is, is uh, we're paying countries down there to do what we tell them to do. And in a lot of ways, they're leaving maybe because they can't find a job, but that's because the country is corrupt and corrupt countries generally have high unemployment. But in addition to that, um, it's just, uh, you know, we're importing this as slave labor. They're talking about votes, and that's true. The first paper I ever wrote for a publication was uh, how uh, the Democrats want to turn Texas blue. Turning Texas blue, I think, is what it was called. And it was all about importing voters. I remember back when Obama was president, and we're going back to like 2013 or something like that, and Bobby Jindal was in town. He was talking, and uh, Bobby Jindal was the governor of Louisiana. And one of the things he would say when he was asked about this is there would be buses that would come in in the middle of the night, and he would ask where they're coming from. And they said, we don't have a right to know. And the same thing was true. I think it was Tim Scott was governor of Florida at the time. And he said he asked where these people were coming from. And uh, it was, uh, it was um, the, the woman that, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. The woman that replaced Eric Holder as AG basically told them that they had a right to privacy. And uh, the governor didn't need to know who was being moved into his state. It'll be taken care of in the census. Well, guess what? The census came around seven years later in 2020. And guess what happened? They took the citizenship question off of it. Don't you think the two are related? Think about that, folks. They, through the Obama years, now Obama got into office in 2008, There was a census in 2010. After 2010, they opened up the floodgates. And this is exactly the way this played out. And they opened up the floodgates. And they opened them up, and bam, the floodgates opened up. And then the next time there's a census, they don't want to count whether or not you're a citizen or not. How do you like that? Think about that. I think that's an important point that you're not going to hear anywhere. 
But the reason that that's 10 years of floodgates. And the only dilemma for the Democrats was Hillary didn't get uh, win as expected. Trump upset the world. Despite all the election rigging in 2012 to to make sure Mitt Romney didn't take power and to uh, the election rigging in 2016 because there's just no way that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote without the help of illegal uh, illegal votes being counted. And, and that I believe that's the case. And not only that, I just think there was more fraud than we ever even dreamed of. And we saw a lot of that play out in 2018. And we saw a lot of that play out in 2020, obviously. And if we can get the, to the bottom of all of these charades, these scams, these cons, these, these big-time issues... I mean, we got to get to the bottom of how it is that these buses and jets and, uh, you know, the systematic approach to it. Somebody needs to do an expose on this. I, I don't know who it is. I don't know who has the money that's going to do that. I don't even know how much it would cost. But somebody needs to actually be a secret detective and get to the bottom of this and not wind up dead. I mean, that is absolutely essential. So, we're going to go ahead and play this uh, extension. Really, it's not an extension, but it's a, another clip from Tucker. He really hit this one out of the park. He, he also had an opening segment. We're not going to play that one. That was nine minutes. This is also nine minutes, but this was in the body of his show. And I thought this one was actually... Uh, a better account of his opening statement, which was also amazing. So I commend Tucker Carl Carlton for uh, Carlson for for addressing this. Let's take a listen. Last week we said something on television that the usual chorus of hyper aggressive liars is now pretending was somehow highly controversial. Ordinarily we'd ignore all of this once you've been denounced as a white supremacist for quoting Martin Luther King. You realize none of it's real. It's all another form of social control. Honestly, who cares what they think? But in this one case, we thought it might be worth pausing to restate the original point, both because it was true and therefore worth saying, and also because America badly needs a national conversation about it. On Thursday, our friend Mark Stein guest hosted the 7 p.m. hour here on Fox. He did a segment on how federal authorities are allowing illegal aliens to fly without ID, something that in case you haven't noticed, you are not permitted to do. The following exchange took place in response to that story. We're going to play the entire clip so you can be certain we're not leaving out context. Here it is. I'm laughing because this is one of about 10 stories that I know you've covered um, where the government shows preference to people who have shown absolute contempt for our customs, our laws, mm. our system itself, and they're being treated better than American citizens. Now, I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement, if you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's, that's what's happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. If, if look, if this was happening in your house, if you were in sixth grade, for example, and without telling you, your kid, your parents adopted a bunch of new siblings and gave them brand new bikes 
and let them stay up later and help them with their homework and gave them twice the allowance that they gave you, you would say to your siblings, you know, I think we're being replaced by, by kids that our parents love more. And it would be kind of hard to argue against you because look at the evidence. So right. this matters on a bunch of different levels, but on the most basic level, it's a voting rights question. In a democracy, one person equals one vote. If you change the population, you dilute the political power of the people who live there. So every time they import a new voter, I become disenfranchised as a mm. current voter. So I don't mm. understand why we don't understand this. I mean, everyone wants to make a racial issue out of it. Ooh, the you know, white replacement theory. No, no, no. This is a voting rights question. I have less political power because they're importing a brand new electorate. Why should I sit back and take that? The power that I have yeah. as an American guaranteed at birth is one man, one vote, and they're diluting it. No, they're not allowed to do that. Why are we putting up with this? So it's a political question, obviously. At least one prediction came true right away. All those little gatekeepers on Twitter did become hysterical. They spent the last four days jumping up and down, furiously trying once again to pull the show off the air. Once again, they will fail, though it is amusing to see them keep at it. They get so enraged. It's a riot. But why all the anger? If someone says something you think is wrong, is your first instinct to hurt them? Probably not. Normal people don't respond that way. If you hear something you think is incorrect, you try to correct it. But getting the facts right is hardly the point of this exercise. The point is to prevent unauthorized conversations from starting in the first place. Shut up, racist! No more questions! You've heard that before. You wonder how much longer they imagine Americans are going to go along with this. An entire country forced to lie about everything all the time. It can't go on forever. But you can see why they're trying it. Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambitions. Let's say that again for emphasis because it is the secret to the entire immigration debate. Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambitions. In order to win and maintain power, Democrats plan to change the population of the country. They're no longer trying to win you over with their program. They're obviously not trying to improve your life. They don't even really care about your vote anymore. Their goal is to make you irrelevant. That is provably true. And because it's true, it drives them absolutely crazy when you say it out loud. A hurt dog barks. They scream about how noting the obvious is immoral. You're a racist if you dare to repeat things that they themselves proudly say. Most people go along with this absurd standard. They dutifully shut up. They don't think they have a choice. But no matter what they're allowed to say in public, everyone understands the truth. When you change who votes, you change who wins. That fact has nothing inherently to do with race or nationality. It's the nature of democracy. It is always true. You can watch it happen. You probably have. All across the country, we have seen huge changes in election outcomes caused by demographic change. New people move in and they vote differently. As a practical matter, it doesn't matter what they look like or where they're from even. All that matters is that they have different political views. This is every bit as true when the migrants come from Brookline as when they come from Oaxaca. In Vermont, white liberals fleeing the mess they made in New York turned the state blue. As recently as 1992, Vermont was reliably Republican. Hard to believe as that is. Vermont is now a parody of lifestyle liberalism. That's demographic change at work. You see the same thing happening in the state of New Hampshire as refugees from Massachusetts flood north and bring their bad habits with them. Montana, Idaho, Nevada all face similar problems. The affluent liberals who wrecked California aren't sticking around to see how that ends. They're running to the pallid hideaways of Boise and Bozeman. 
distorting local culture and real estate markets as they do it. Pretty soon, people who were born in the Mountain West won't be able to live there. They'll be, yes, replaced by private equity barons, yoga instructors, and senior vice presidents from Google. Beautiful places are always in danger of being overrun by the worst people. Ask anyone who grew up in Aspen. But in most of this country, it is immigration from other nations more than anything else that has driven political transformation. And this is different from what we've seen in Vermont. Americans have every right to move to new states if they want, even if they have silly political opinions. But our leaders have no right to encourage foreigners to move to this country in order to change election results. Doing that is an attack on our democracy. Yet for decades, our leaders have done just that, and they keep doing it, and they keep doing it because it works. Consider Virginia. The counties across the river from Washington, D.C. now contain one of the largest immigrant communities in the United States. Most of these immigrants are hardworking and decent people. Many have been very successful in business. Good for them. But they also have very different politics from the people who used to live there. Their votes have allowed Democrats to seize control of the entire state and change it into something unrecognizable. Governor Blackface Klan robes in Richmond owes his job to immigrants in Arlington and Falls Church. Similar trends are now underway in Georgia and North Carolina and many other states. Mass immigration increases the power of the Democratic Party, period. That's the reason Democrats support it. It's the only reason. If 200,000 immigrants from Poland showed up at our southern border tomorrow, Kamala Harris wouldn't promise them health care. Why? Simple. Polls tend to vote Republican. That's the difference. Democrats would deport those migrants immediately. No more hand-wringing about how we're a nation of immigrants. Hundreds of thousands of likely Republicans massing in Tijuana, that would qualify as a national crisis. We'd have a border wall by Wednesday. For Democrats, the point of immigration is not to show compassion to refugees, much less to improve our country. It's definitely not about racial justice. Mass immigration hurts African-Americans maybe more than anyone else. Immigration is a means to electoral advantage. It is about power. More Democratic voters mean more power for Democratic politicians. That's the signature lesson of the state of California. Between 1948 and 1992, the state of California voted for exactly one Democratic presidential candidate. One. Alone among America's big population centers, in vivid contrast to Chicago and New York, California was reliably, proudly Republican. For eight years, no less a figure than Ronald Reagan ran the state. California had the country's best schools, the best infrastructure, the best economy, not to mention the prettiest natural environment on the planet. California is a model for the world. In 1980, Ronald Reagan, its former governor, became president of the United States. In retrospect, it never got any better for California. Midway through his second term, Reagan signed something called the Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986. Though he didn't likely realize it at the time, that law made future Ronald Reagans impossible. The Immigration Reform and Control Act brought about an amnesty and a path to citizenship for nearly three million foreign nationals living in the U.S. illegally. The next year, by executive order, Reagan added to that number. He halted the deportation of another 100,000 illegal minors, the dreamers of his day. The rest of the world watched carefully as this happened. Would-be migrants everywhere concluded that there was no real penalty for breaking America's laws. In fact, there was a reward. Reagan also signed a law that required hospitals to provide free medical care regardless of immigration status. The Supreme Court had already guaranteed free education to anyone who showed up without a visa. So free hospitals, free schools, amnesty if you get caught. Why wouldn't the rest of the world come? They soon did. 
Wow, a couple of takeaways there. <clears throat> that was news to me about the Reagan thing. Uh, I uh, didn't know about that. Uh, and that's interesting. I would be looking into that a little bit deeper. But also, you know, when you take a look at the uh, Black Lives Matter group, you start to see it a little differently now, right? Because they're diverting the subject among black voters. Because if black, number one, I think that Trump really resonated and appealed to black people and got a large swath of black voters. And this whole thing about being victims and you know, and this whole thing about rep- reparations is really just another Democrat tactic using taxpayer dollars out of middle class working Americans, taking it out of their pocket and buying a voter block that they feel like they're losing. And how are they going to lose the black vote? By doing what Bill Clinton did, three strikes you're out and incarcerating all the black males as fathers and decimating the the black family. That'd be one way to do it, right? Secondly, the Democrats who were the party of the KKK, were the party of segregation, and the party of slavery, are also now the party of segregation with vaccine passports, segregation of first-class flying. All these different class things are Democrat ideas that separate, divide, divide and conquer. We talked about that. But the thing about the black voter is essential because black people are starting to understand and why they don't understand it sooner and earlier is because they don't have enough black leaders in inner cities, these older um, black leaders that have a, a grip on the communities They control everything, and they control the messaging, and they're inherently liberal. But if if they could get black leadership in there to tell them, look, these open borders are hurting our jobs. They're killing our communities. They're over uh, diminishing our votes by watering them down. It's bad for the black population, bad, bad for the black voter. If they can get that message, then that would be... So what did they do? They came up with Black Lives Matter, Black Power, reparations, segregation, divide and conquer. I'm telling you, this Black Lives Matter thing is an extension of this open border, illegal migrant thing because they're worried about losing the black vote. Hey, we're at the end of our show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org and buglecall.org and check out the podcast over at scottadamshow.com. My name is Scott Adams. I'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>